beauty really used to be an extension of fashion, and now beauty is becoming an extension of wellness. It's beautiful to practice self-care now. And um, there's a lot around self-care, wellness, and a little bit of spirituality that I feel like is starting to flow and cascade into beauty. So I think that's something really positive that's coming out of the beauty industry now. And I'm curious to see where it goes. Hi, and welcome to Beauty from the Heart. This is a place where I, Rose Gallagher, am going to share conversations with some of the best people I've met through years of working in the beauty industry. This first series is dedicated to people that I think are inspiring positive change and using their voices for the power of good. In today's episode, I'm talking to David Petrusic from the education team at Herbivore Botanicals. Herbivore is a green, clean beauty brand born in Seattle, and they've just got so much heart at the centre of everything that they do. So since their launch in 2011, they've made it their mission to support minority charities, especially those within the LGBT community. This is something that runs through the whole team because 35% of the workforce are from the queer community and what they do which I think is lovely is they ask the team which charities they want to support and they rotate them on an ongoing basis so last year when they launched Prism their exfoliant they donated a dollar from every purchase to a charity for trans women of colour they raised ten thousand dollars just at the launch Um, one of their newest products Emerald which is a hemp based glow oil they're giving a dollar of every sale to support women owned cannabis organizations because the founder julia discovered the kind of healing properties of cannabis when she was going through her cancer treatment a few years ago and it was one of the only things that she found to help her manage the side effects of her treatment and so that's something that was really important for her to give to So I'm going to hand you over to David now to tell his story and the story of the brand. He is one of the most soothing people I've ever met. And if you're in any way spiritual or mystical, I think you're going to really love hearing from him. So I am curled up on a couch in East London with a big neon lamp in front of me. And I'm very happy to be with David Petrusic, who is from the education team at Herbivore Botanicals. And he has kindly come to join me on the couch while he's popped to London for a few days. Hello. Thank you for having me. So lovely to be here. It's such a pleasure to have you because um, one of the things I was discussing with one of my friends, Kaylee, who's here with us, is that Herbivore is one of the brands that I feel like I see so much in the beauty space. We all know the amazing packaging, your beautiful Instagram page. It's such an aesthetically pleasing brand. But I didn't know some of the, the lovely stories behind how the brand kind of operates until recently. And I know you're going to be the man to kind of bring them to life for us. Yes. Walk you through the magic. Yes. So for anyone that doesn't know the brand, David, how would you describe what you guys make, what the story of the brand is and kind of how you came to life? Yeah. So we are a Beyond Clean beauty brand and I'll break down Beyond Clean in a little bit, but we make um, truly natural beauty products that are free of all synthetics, vegan, cruelty-free, um, totally sustainable, and we are a socially responsible company, which I can talk a little bit about too. 
Yeah, do share. Yeah, and um, so the do you want to hear a little bit about how we started, or yes, I, because it's actually such a nice story. Um, I know that it's a husband and wife that kind of bore the whole brand, and I think that's so rare today. We're so used to seeing these big corporations with big fancy counters everywhere, and it's very rare that you know you get to hear a story of two friends or lovers or whoever it is that have just made something really special in front of them. Totally. Um, Julia and Alex are husband and wife, and they started the brand about eight, nine years ago um, out of their kitchen in Seattle. Wow. So yeah, it's pretty unique. Um, when they started the company, it was called 12th Avenue Soaps. And that's because Alex came home one day with a soap making kit for Julia. Um, so I always kind of chuckle. It, I think it was like a winter night and very gloomy. I might romanticize this oh, story a little bit. Oh, please do. Absolutely. It, it go like, for it. It's lovely. Um, and, you know, winters in Seattle are kind of like winters in London. So they're really gloomy. Mm-hmm. And he just thought it was going to be a new hobby for her. But it turns out she was really good at it. Aww. And she developed a passion for making vegan and natural skincare. So she started experimenting with different ingredients. Um, He had a lot of sensitive skin issues at the time, and she was figuring out natural remedies that worked really well for him. And I think one day she just turned to him and was like, dude, let's make a brand. So they're pretty much like that quintessential 2011-2012 hipster couple that started making soaps and beard oils and all of that. And um, it took off. So They didn't have a background in beauty um, in terms of sales or making products. Julia was raised by an esthetician and Alex had a background in video design and they just kind of fell in love with the process. And they started on Etsy, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. So 12th Avenue Soaps, I mean, we don't talk about it that much, but it was an Etsy shop. And until about sometime last year, you used to be able to go on Etsy and see like the old store. So there was like over a hundred different types of soaps on there. Um, somebody finally took it down last year, but I used to say that all the time you could go and peek at it. Um, but yeah, and Julia, she just, she figured out Etsy really well and they saw a lot of success in their first year or two. Why? Um, and then from there, the name changed to Herbivore. And what I always quite fascinated with kind of the natural properties in things, I got the impression from there's a lovely video of the two of them kind of talking through their story and showing you around the house. Um, The cat features very heavily in that video, which I was very happy about. Um, Were they quite into those kinds of things anyway, or did they really make it a mission to explore all of these amazing natural remedies as they went along in the process? No, they were. So Julia, um, she had a little bit of a background in natural remedies and holistic healing from school. And her mother was um, and is still an esthetician. Her mom is into so many different types of things. I hear her mom has like a, a bed at her house that has crystals suspended over it. So when you get your facial done, the crystals can go into the chakras. I've never experienced it, but I think they were always on the cusp of that realm and then they, they integrated it into the brand. So. And is that how you kind of came to join them as well, David? What was your journey to, to finding them and joining the family? Totally. Um, It is a family there. Sometimes Aww. families, we can be really cozy. Sometimes we can get stressful too. But <laughs> it is, um, you know, herbivore is so unique where 
when Julie and Alex started it, it was a social few social circles that came to work for her before. So it's it's a pretty different uh, beauty brand, I like to say. But I um I was going through a transitional time in my life. I was laid off. I feel like a lot of people are afraid to talk about that, like they have shame. And I had this limbo period for a few months, and I really kind of worked on myself and mm-hmm. turned back to some of my old passions I had left behind since um you know I became a career boy, and um. One day, my intuition was saying herbivore really loud. I was just done meditating. So I went on LinkedIn. I, I was like finishing my second or my third interview. I had these two long processes. I was just exhausted. So looking for a job at that time didn't feel right, but something drove me onto LinkedIn and I searched it up. And um, I recognized Julie and Alex, their faces from an image I saw in a Sephora in the States. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, Something about this company feels really right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I knew they had a product named Moonfruit. I knew that there was this, this subtle integration with mysticism. But when yeah. I started reading, I, I saw it a little bit deeper. So I wrote to them and I was just like, hey, I'm a mystic. I'm an intuitive. I have a really hard time in this corporate business world, but I have a really badass background in beauty. And I think that <laughs> I think we could be good together. And then a month later, um, I was hired. I had my first day. So yeah, it was meant to be. I can think of so many people that have amazing transformative stories from being laid off, but people are embarrassed to talk about it. And actually, sometimes it's those moments where you have an opportunity to take stock. You kind of have no choice but to think about what you actually want or where you want to go. And it feels like people only delve into that once they've come out the other side of the cocoon but actually we've all had those kind of crossroads moments and you can really make something great out of them can't you and then you've gone into this lovely kind of family run world which was a stark contrast to some of your more maybe corporate beauty places that you've worked before you've got the likes of julia's dad mucking in to make the soaps it's a whole different (laughs) atmosphere so what was that transition like for you how was that after such a kind of big guns previous Uh, role it was definitely a breath of fresh air Mm -hmm. um but coming from that corporate background, it also was like, you know, a cold plunge right away, but it was one that I wanted and that I needed. Um, So it was nice to just be somewhere where there was um, more emotion and sensitivity and a lot more creativity. I actually just said to Alex and Julia the other week that, you know, so many of the leaders who have come to work at Herbivore, it was a conscious decision, maybe not always, or subconscious to hire a certain type of heart and spirit. Mm -hmm. And we have so many sensitive feelers at Herbivore, and there's so much creative energy. Um, So being back in that again, because I went to art school, I had not had that at the time for maybe seven or eight years. And I was like, oh, this is my tribe. This is where I belong. So It seems like a tribe, and it seems like a very kind of all-encompassing place that will accept you for who you are you can come as you are and be celebrated for you and your person um one of the things that I found out when I was kind of researching the whole ethos behind the brand is that you have a really strong passion for kind of championing the LGBTQIA 
plus community and actually roughly 35% of the people that come to join you are from the queer community. How do you think that has kind of come to be in that number? How do you think that this kind of um, this welcoming movement, just the word spread and people found you? Yeah, you know, in Seattle, there are a lot of people within the queer community where, at least from my perspective, I feel in the other cities I've lived in in America, like these type of personalities, um, they wouldn't maybe identify with that community in some other cities. So it is a little bit different there culturally, but, um, you know, Julie and Alex have always had an affinity for those types of souls. A lot of Julia's closest friends are from that community. Yeah. Um, Alex always says that when he moved to Seattle from Colorado, he, um, he kind of flocked towards all the gay men because they loved music and they loved fashion and he just yeah. felt more of a camaraderie. So, Aww. you know, their original employees were a lot of their friends. They didn't have contacts in the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. So they pretty much turned to their friends in Seattle. And, and I think just years of people knowing each other, it, it became a safe haven for people yeah. in that community. And then it's so lovely to think that, I mean, one of the main reasons why I really wanted to talk to you in particular um, about the brand is because the real thing that I really want to celebrate through the whole conception of the podcast is that there are brands doing greater good and using their voices and their power to celebrate people that might not otherwise be celebrated or share important messages some of the products in the range and you know it's not something that's a collaboration for five minutes that sits on a shelf 10% goes to a charity and then it's forgotten totally. some of the products in the range proceeds go towards really niche charities to make sure that people that are at risk of not being celebrated and not being spoken about are absolutely championed could you talk us through some of those partnerships and how they came to fruition Totally. Um, So when PRISM was launched, it was launched within Pride Month, um, but it wasn't Uh just, you know, for that one month to get, you know, promotion or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Julia had worked on that product. It went under a few different names over the last few years when she was formulating it with Alex. But when it first came to her inspiration, she saw like the rainbow flag, she saw prisms and crystals, and she kind of was inspired to make a very gay (laughs) product. (laughs) If you look at prism, you know, it has the prismatic reflective side on the box and whatnot. Um, So she wanted to give back to that community because it was so beloved by her and Alex. When we launched prism, um, one of our employees, Max, who works on the sales with me, um, he was able to choose which charity we would first donate. And it was the Trans Women of Color Collective. And we actually donated $10,000 US dollars within the first three months, which is really cool. So every quarter we switch it out. And one of our employees from that community actually chooses the next charity, which is really cool. Um, So we might open it up, you know, eventually, but right now it's something internally that we, we let our employees vote for. Um, and then we also have Emerald, which is our hemp oil. It's a facial oil. Mm-hmm. Um, Emerald's in two different formulas. There's one in the U.S. that is also with CBD. It's not here yet. It will be here sometime next year. But Amazing. Um, a dollar of every Emerald sold goes to Americans for Safe Access, which funds medical um, research and promotes safe access to using cannabis. And that kind of was a really personal thing for Julia, wasn't it? Because totally. she found that through her 
her own cancer treatment, um, cannabis was one of the things that just helped to alleviate her side effects and kind of cope with the negative side of having her treatment, wasn't it? 100%. Yeah. So, you know, they had a h- tough time when she was recovering. I didn't know them then, but mm-hmm. I do know that they, they spent a lot of time in Hawaii and healing and, um, with cannabis that helped her so much with the pain management and the stress because running a company and a growing one, one that you need like seven seatbelts every day is stressful alongside, you know, any type of, of, um, predicament you might have in life. But, you know, and then in Washington, it's, it's different. So they definitely have relied on cannabis recreationally too. (laughs) Um, it's definitely, you know, it's different over there, over the pond. Yeah, of course. And so when you were in this really quite spiritual place where it sounds like everyone is very close and has great personal relationships, it doesn't sound like the kind of place where you rock up to work, finish at five, and that's the end of that. Um, you must have so many different stories among you of great experiences that you've had does anyone kind of come to mind as I don't know a colleague or someone in the team that you think the brand itself and the way they are has had a positive impact on them you know I think a lot for our field team that's the first thing that comes to mind so field team are educators and like our brand reps Mm -hmm. um and they love being with a brand where there's not a lot of sales pressure on them so we empower them to, you know, go out and be light workers and be day makers in the retail environment. We don't, we actually don't give them sales goals, which. That's um, amazing. I think yeah. that's so positive. I do too. It was a choice, you know, we didn't want, we didn't want that type of rep. There's such a shadow around the brand rep, right? Yeah. But we just really specifically chose people who would go into the store environments and kind of be like a beacon of light for the retail environment, which can be stressful nowadays. And I bet you the ironic thing is, I bet they're the ones making more money because that (laughs) no stress approach is a lot more inviting for another person and just fulfilling for them than, right, you've got a few hours, you've got to make this money or there'll be hell to pay if you don't. I think lots of brands could really learn from that, even in terms of their own team member fulfillment and making everyone feel valued and not bullied into making x amount of money yeah it's an energy yeah and you know customers can feel that if you you go into shop you can feel if someone um is in that shark energy and we've all had it haven't we where you literally think oh my god i came in to have a look at something but forget it you driving me mad and equally (laughs) you can feel it when you've just got a lovely person who wants to have a chat and feels really passionately about whatever they've got in front of them and that's a really lovely experience for both people as well Mm -hmm. because on the flip side and I've just said all of that but just to completely contradict myself I also think that there's this real stigma I don't know how it is in America but there definitely is over here where you go into a shop and it's just oh they just want to sell me something they're just saying it they just want you know to push something on me no they don't I have loads of close friends that work in a retail beauty capacity and actually they just want to have a chat with someone and there's nothing ruder to me when if someone comes up and says hello like are you okay no no I'm just looking I I didn't ask that I asked if you were okay I didn't ask (laughs) you if you were looking yeah and I feel like those people are in that job because they like human connection yeah you know and they like I think a lot of people who started in beauty and stay in beauty is because they like being a daymaker. 
you know, I used to, I don't do makeup anymore, but even like the power of a new lip color Mm -hmm. for a woman or a man, you know, or anybody um, can really impact their emotional state and how they look at themselves. So it's nice. um, You know, our team, they work more within skincare and body care and, and all of that, but um, we encourage them to go out there and connect first with people, which is really unique. We also have a few team members, which the cards I have with me here now that we sell on our website, um, the Prism Oracle deck, and then the Wild Unknown Animal Spirit deck. A few of our educators bring these into the stores on days that it's feeling right, and they oh. might use it with a customer when they sit down. So we're not there to heal everyone, but we're there to... You In know, the right moment, yeah, you might be. The right person, totally. And that is... This is one of the reasons why I was so excited to specifically have you, David, because I'm sure anyone from the team would tell me about the brand and share the story with passion and all of the rest of it. But you personally are very, very proudly spiritual, I would say. Well, I'll let you maybe describe it in your own words, but I just find it really fascinating. I feel like I personally feel very, very spiritual, but I resonate really greatly with this whole industry that some people might think is a bit superficial or, you know, crass in some way. But I feel like a lot of really great good comes from it. And there are lots of the likes of us that see those realms fit really well together. Um, When did you kind of first realize you were a little bit more on the intuitive side? Um, when I was younger, I don't know the exact age. I didn't have like, you know, a magical moment that would be in like Harry Potter or some like fantasy film or something. But um, when I was younger, I could always, I didn't know it at the time, but I could sense the emotionality of like all the adults around me. I was, um, you know, the younger one in my family. I was a second marriage baby. So my siblings were all much older. And there's just times a lot where I could feel a little bit more of what was being told to me. Grew up in a suburb outside of Chicago. So um, spirituality and mysticism, it's not frowned upon, but it's not taught. And sometimes it's not believed in. So it was never really, you know, I wasn't raised psychic or anything like that. But when I had moved to the city, um, I was in art school at the time and in a really creative stream of my life, which I feel the universe is a co-creator with us. So in the times of our life that we can be in a creative flow is when we're in that universal and cosmic flow. So if we're not feeling that creative stream, we're not going to be on like that flow of life most of the time, I'd like to say. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, um, I mean, there, there will be around too. <laughs> it's a whole other thing. But um you know, I was 20, 21. I had met my ex at the time who was a Reiki master and a massage therapist. And he had all these different books in his house. And I opened up this one and it was on empaths. And I really related with that. And then I studied, started studying more about meditation. And eventually I made meditation a daily practice every morning. Um, I dabbled into a little bit of mysticism and some witchcraft and working with the moon. I will always have an affinity towards the moon, but that was kind of a primer into the psychic realm for me. Um, Eventually, I left Chicago and I lived in um, Denver for two years where I worked with two mentors to develop my psychic ability a lot more. And the way I look at intuition and the psychic realm is the word psychic can make a lot of people afraid. Mm -hmm. Um, But the fact is that everybody is psychic. So we all have that potential, whether it's, you know, in us at a small amount or a large amount, it varies for every human, but it's something that we can all develop together. 
And just coming back to what you said about being an empath. Yeah. I know I, I saw 100% your brow raise. <laughs> an empath. Totally. I really take other people's emotions on. So if I spend the day with someone and they're upset, I will feel really upset after it or how do you put those boundaries in place when you're meeting so many different people? Because yes. that that throws me and I have to sometimes have a few days where I'm not talking to anybody because I just feel overwhelmed. I love that you said one of my favorite words, it's boundaries. Um, yeah. I'm looking over at our president right now because I, when I came to Herbivore, I would like say boundaries all the time. Such I, an important word. It is. And so many of us don't have them. Um, and you know, one thing with boundaries is it's not just an external energy. So you're not always, you don't always need boundaries for things that are coming in, but what's your output too? You know, especially um, as empathic, sensitive, or intuitive people, sometimes we can be too connected with others Mm -hmm. and maybe people aren't ready for, um, to be woke that much. You know, we have to, we have to have our boundaries on. So all of this in mind, you know, you're weaving all of these amazing practices into what is also fundamentally a very successful brand that lots of people are drawn to in particular that are passionate about more of a green movement, more of a sustainable movement. What what positivity do you think that we get from the beauty industry? Do you think it's a positive place or we can we can take those positive elements from it? Yeah, I think that it's becoming more positive. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Um, an interesting thing, I forgot where I read it last year, but it made so much sense, especially with the trend of clean beauty, is beauty really used to be an extension of fashion and now beauty is becoming an extension of wellness. Yeah. So it's beautiful to practice self-care now. And nothing against fashion at all, but um, you know, it's it's becoming less surface oriented. Even mm-hmm. at least in the states right now, I see even um, you know the makeup looks starting to kind of tone down a little bit more, showing the skin more, showing freckles, yeah. showing the natural beauty. And um, there's a lot around self care, wellness, and a little bit of spirituality that um, I feel like is starting to flow and cascade into beauty, but. I feel like that's more approachable for a wider uh, spectrum of consumers because, you know, it used to be with like, what was so amazing is you could buy, you know, a lipstick from a luxury band and then you can have a piece of luxury in your bag. And that is still amazing and still beautiful and powerful. And now there's a little bit more emphasis on, you know, okay, well, you have this piece of luxury, but are you happy? You know, yeah. what are you doing? That's why I always say um, herbivore, we favor rituals over routines. So, you know, you'll notice we don't really have something like a shower gel or anything. Yeah. And that's because we're not a brand that wants you to rush through your morning routine and like force feed and chug coffee and get to work. We want you to slow down. We want you to like take a bath and get up a little bit earlier mm-hmm. and really cascade into your day. So I think that's something really positive that's coming out of the beauty industry now. Um, and I'm curious to see where it goes. I think that that I completely agree with everything you've said. And I think that that is because there's more people now kind of challenging the conversation around what's beautiful and what is important from the industry. She's just come into my head. Um, this lovely girl here called Felicity Hayward. 
and she has this whole um, clothing range, Self Love Brings Beauty. Um, she's a plus size model. She's the most beautiful girl. She's always challenging, you know, why should someone of any dress size be any less beautiful or any more beautiful than someone else? And she really believes that if she very much is very vocal about if you fall in love with yourself as you are in that way, then if we all did that, everyone would be much better off. And I just, I think she's amazing. She's a really lovely girl. Um, d- does anyone in particular or any brand in particular kind of stand out to you as, you know what, you are making a really positive change and you're helping that conversation tick along? The first one that comes to mind, and this was a few years ago, when I saw Milk Makeup's campaigns and their models. I love Milk Makeup. Yeah. A few years back, and I was like, wow, like I love the full range of skin tones they're using. Yeah. I love the full spectrum of gender and identity. Um, it was just very fresh and different to see. Um, it wasn't short after that that I saw a few other brands and companies starting to change up their models too. So I thought they they took a risk and I appreciated that yeah. a lot from them. Um, you know, and more and more, I love when, you know, we see full foundation ranges that yeah. don't just come in 10 shades. They come in 30 or 40. That's really big. Um, you know, and then, you know, all the different shapes, sizes, colors, and moods of humans represented in a beauty campaign, I think is important. And if someone was listening now and they they love the beauty industry, they they're part of these conversations, or whether they're not and they're just someone that loves having to listen to two people having a chat, what would you say to someone? How can someone else make the world a more positive place if you had to give your idea of what we could all be doing to make a more positive conversation? Mm-hmm. Um It's a beautiful question. I think focusing on our inner light is really important. And we can't turn our inner light on all the time by swiping on concealer or, you know, putting on a lash or whatnot. Sometimes that can definitely give a spark and it can help us get through the day. But if we take time to focus on our inner beauty routine or ritual, I should say, before we you know, do our surface beauty routine. I think that makes a big difference. Just helps the collective energy a little bit more. And if you don't mind me asking, what does that look like for you? I'm yeah. all, I'm very fascinated by, I love interviewing different people from, especially say from the beauty realm, but I'm really fascinated in practical measures. Like how can I do the absolute David approach to what you've just said? <laughs> totally. Um, my approach isn't for everyone, but okay. um Carving out time for myself is the most important thing, especially with a busy work schedule. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's hard, and sometimes you know you can forget about it, or you literally you know quote don't have time. So for me, that's the best in the morning. Um, I doesn't always happen, but I need at least three hours before I work that I have to be somewhere. So sometimes that means getting up at six. Sometimes it's 5.30. That amount of time is irreplaceable to me. If if I give myself an hour, I do not have my inner light. Um, I take at least five, if not 20 minutes to meditate. And meditation is different for me every day. Sometimes it's practicing gratitude. Sometimes it's sitting there and receiving from the universe and my guides. Um, I always have to eat. I'm a Taurus. You do not want to see me if I'm hungry. 
Um, and then some days I incorporate a little bit of movement in there. Um, one thing my partner and I just started over the winter was dancing. <gasps> I go dancing every week. I what kind that. of dancing do you do? Ours, ours isn't any one type, but we used to, you know, would always like stretch in the morning or I'd go for a run. And in the winter, I just started putting on music and I would just like wiggle around the living room and pour oh. my tea and, um, you know, dancing, it opens the heart and it puts us into a really amused state. Yeah. And when we're in that amused state and we have that inner light, then the universe can just bring us nice things along the way. So for that inner light work, I mean, for me, I have to make sure that I give enough time to turn it on because I don't wake up shining every day. I don't think anyone does. I think, no. I think nowadays, you know, we're so stimulated and um, there's so much going on that a lot of times we wake up heavy sometimes. So there's a way to work with that. And it's, you know, let's say if I wake up heavy one day or stressed, I just, I honor that emotion. I talk to that emotion out loud. Maybe I'm afraid because I have a podcast later and I'm jet lagged <laughs> and oh my gosh, I've never done this before. So, you know, I just say, hey, fear, like, thanks for teaching me the opposite of love. Thanks for hanging out. And when you acknowledge those quote unquote negative emotions, they tend to take a, a backseat and I let your inner light guide you. Just really good. Well, I actually think that's a lovely place to close because I don't feel like I want to take away from anything you've just said. I want to go away and think about all of those things and put them into practice. Love that. Thank you so much. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to David's story. And if you enjoyed his pearls of wisdom, you can also find him at Alchemy by David on Instagram. Next week, I'm going to be joined by model, blogger and body positivity activist, Callie Thorpe. Um, She's done so much to challenge any negativity around body image. And she's definitely been a huge inspiration to me since I first met her. So I can't wait for you to hear from her. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'd really love to hear from you you can message me on instagram at mixed gems beauty tweet me at rose gallagher xx or you can leave a review on your podcast provider thank you so much for listening and i'll speak to you next week